Um, hey guys, uh, welcome to my pod, um, 20 and Clueless with me, Ashley Donro. I'm um, a little bit nervous. I don't actually know what the hell I'm doing, but you know, I thought this was kind of the year to just go out on a limb and do things because I don't really have anything to lose besides my dignity, but you know, I don't really have much of that anyway. So, um, here we go. I guess I just kind of wanted to start this podcast on the obvious about the fact that I'm not actually 20. I'm 24, but the basis of this podcast is to talk about things that people may be clueless about or things that I was certainly clueless about and probably am 100% still clueless about. And, you know, there's definitely a lot of things in life people really don't know about. And yeah, like, you know, in no way, shape or form trying to do this to become the next social media star, um, stuff that I don't have the patience for that. And I really don't like dealing with idiots. So that's fine. Um, but I guess I just kind of wanted to talk about myself in this podcast to begin. And I think I'm going to start off strong by talking about mental health, which in fact does seem very scary, but about me. So, you know, you can probably listen to this and be like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I look back at all of this and think so too. So, you know, um, just putting a trigger warning out there for those who do suffer from mental health or people who have suffered from mental health, you know, there are some things out there that can be fairly triggering and please feel free to not listen on. That's completely fine. Um, and yeah, I guess let's get to it. Hey, um, so I guess to begin, obviously I didn't really grasp an understanding on mental health until I somewhat started therapy started studying psychology and actually started working in the mental health industry. So I guess I'm going to take you back down. Can you guys tell I'm like a little bit nervous? Um, Yeah. Anyway, so take you. Oh, my goodness. Taking you all for a trip back down trauma lane there we go I got there uh so from the age of I'm gonna say around 10 to 11 to 13 years old I was suffering from OCD so for those of you don't who don't know um OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder so it is at the age of 11 I kind of I had no idea what was going on with me I was an absolute train wreck um and I absolutely did probably my mum's head in shout out to mum um so yeah so when discussing OCD there are kind of a few categories and components that actually surround OCD um So if you're the type of person who just says, oh my God, I'm so OCD because I have to be so clean, please remove yourself immediately because you are annoying. No, you just are very uneducated. And that's okay because I'm here to teach you guys about things that we all might be a little bit clueless about or unsure of or uneducated on. So 
When actually looking at OCD, there are components of contamination, checking, organization, ruminations, and intrusive thoughts. So there's a lot that kind of goes into OCD and there's a lot of different ways that it can affect you. Um, So me being around the age of 11, I kind of had absolutely no idea what was going on. So to take it back, obviously, I was born in Ipswich. Yes, I know I get a lot of shit for it. And yes, you can give me a lot of shit for it. Uh, My parents were split and we moved to the Gold Coast, my mum, my brother and I. And then we went back for a year when I was about 10 So I guess in that kind of period of change, it really triggered a lot in me. Um, So to kind of begin, I used to think that I had things in my bed. So I genuinely thought that in my bed, I had bugs, ants, dirt, and I would go absolutely insane of a night time rummaging through my sheets going and annoying my mom you know doing everything to prove to her like there's something in my bed like you need to let me sleep with you and it got really bad and you know like she tried to give me tablets to help me sleep she tried to do things that would really help me calm down of a night time but it was just impossible And it really obviously interrupted my mum and my brother a lot and it did affect them quite a lot. So from there, I kind of grew out a bit of that stage. And then this is kind of when the contamination phase started for me. So with contamination, it obviously relates to germs. So I would religiously wash my hands every single day didn't matter what I touched, I would just wash my hands every single time. And this was actually really bad because it led to me having my hands crack and bleed. So that's how dry they got from washing them every day with soaps and everything and just scrubbing the crap out of them. So it caused that. So that was another thing that started to come on. Um, And then I kind of had a phobia develop. Now, it's okay to laugh at this. I look back and I do have a little giggle and my family has a little giggle. I actually developed a phobia of the washing machine and the dryer. And what would actually happen was at my old house, uh, the, the bathroom was on one side of the laundry and the toilet was on the other side. So for me to even access either of those, I had to walk past the laundry. So I used to walk with my back so far up against the wall and just shuffle along the wall like a crab till I got in the toilet. And I think my mom even noticed and she's like, what are you doing? So I actually never kind of disclosed the reason to my therapist back when I was like 13. I don't even think I've disclosed this to many people at all um I don't want people even if family is listening I don't want anyone to kind of take offense to it because I purely just didn't tell people because I was embarrassed um but basically I developed this fear because of poisoning so I used to gen like I generally oh tongue twister generally 
Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I I thought that, you know, if I got any washing powder or anything in my eyes, I was going to go blind. If I had any of this stuff go on my hands and then I touched my mouth, I was going to die of poisoning. So it was like an intrusive kind of thought. And, you know, I guess in a way, maybe like a rumination, I just ruminated on this idea that just developed into a phobia and you know it's it's a bit of a lull to look back at but at the time it was extremely debilitating you know especially being at a young age so you know and that kind of contamination and stuff stuck on for a while I kind of thought that anything was going to kill me anything was going to make me blind you know so that was very hard and it did really affect me day to day but I think it's just one of those things I didn't actually tell people about. So yeah, um, and then from there I went into, I guess this one was a bit horrible. Um, I don't even know if my mum would remember this, but basically my intrusive thoughts got really bad and my mum would have to say to me, I will be home at 5.30 p.m., And if she wasn't home on the dot a minute the latest after, I would be calling her, trying to find out where she is. I would go out the front. I would start crying because I thought she was dead. So this one absolutely ruined me. This one stuck on for a long time. And I didn't really know how to deal with that one. I don't actually remember much. I think when you go through traumatic experiences, your brain actually kind of blocks out a lot of things. So yeah, um, and that was very awful. It was a very awful couple of years and OCD doesn't sound like much to some people, but OCD is one hell of a mental illness. And, you know, I eventually did go to therapy in this time. Some things stayed, some things went. I still do have some OCD kind of symptoms. You know, I kind of, you know, have some checking kind of symptoms. So checking for some people will just be checking, you know, you're like, oh, did I turn off the hair straightener? Oh, did I turn off the oven? It's just kind of things like that. And you're constantly checking over and over So I do that sometimes. I know I used to do that a bit in my teens and sometimes I would think it was the garage door and I'd actually have to drive back home and physically make sure it was closed. So, and then kind of developed into some stages of organization, which is just the right order of having to do things. So I had to do things a specific way before I could go to sleep at night. Um, I had to you know, because if I didn't do that, I would think I would die or someone in my family would get bad luck. And it really just alters the way of your everyday thinking that, you know, if you don't do this, something horrible will happen and nothing horrible did happen, but it's just one of those things. It's so hard to convince your brain of these things. And yeah, but those things always stick with me but I have definitely grown out a lot of it and for the most part of it I have left behind a lot of OCD which is great but obviously with the OCD I suffered a lot of anxiety and you know I'm sure a lot of people know what anxiety is so 
anxiety stuck along the way uh all through high school I really suffered socially I yeah I really struggled to kind of talk to people I never asked for help at school I didn't like doing things outside of my comfort zone so yeah and I guess anxiety it still does affect me to this day 100% and I'm not going to deny that uh my anxiety has been really bad and there have been times where I've never been able to control my anxiety completely so and that's okay you know you just have to learn to maintain and work with it and that's just a part of life and you know I literally up until last year I physically was not able to drive through a drive-through and order food because I couldn't handle talking to somebody else because of anxiety you know I couldn't talk on the phone to people I was still asking my mom to make some appointments for me just a whole bunch of stuff like that I still do ask my mom to do a lot of things for me and you know once again shout out to mom you're the goat so yeah so that's that's fun that's fun um And then, you know, I still had no idea about all of this kind of stuff. So this was up until I think around my 19, 18, 19 year old mark, uh, things kind of started to deteriorate a bit more and I kind of started to get a bit more anxious and then with that followed depression. So I think I developed a lot of depression just from relationships with people, you know, ex-partners, friends, old friends, you know, just kind of finding your way through life. Like I'd just finished school and was trying to really work out life. And I think I just didn't know what was going on and I didn't understand it. And I, you know, I was naive and thought I knew all about it and I didn't. So I eventually, with the help of some friends at the time, I actually finally took myself to see a psychologist. So daunting experience, experience, and I will get to that at the end for those of you who think you might need some help with that. But for the meantime, went saw a doctor and I got a referral to see a psychologist and I started therapy. So the therapy kind of helps me through a lot and you know it's cliche like they psychologists will say or counselors they'll say you know there's the light at the end of the tunnel and at the time you're like yeah whatever um just help help me now so I can get through this but you really have to stick through it and you know there really is that light at the end of the tunnel so you just have to push kind of really hard through and you really got to make things work for yourself. You really got to want to get better to get better. Um, so yeah. Um, and then when I hit the age of 21, um, I'm just going to briefly kind of touch this subject, obviously out of respect for kind of my family and, the situation that happened but I witnessed my mum be physically abused which was extremely traumatic and needless to say absolutely fucked me over like it fucked me up really hard in the head you know can't imagine how my mum was but it just it absolutely ruined me um and you know for people who have ever been through situations of domestic violence I really feel for you 
because domestic violence is horrible and you know even witnessing that and being around the fighting and the verbal kind of altercations and stuff like I too am considered a a victim so you know and I really tried to just push that under like sweep that under the rug and just push through and just carry on with life but it was it was it was fucking hard so eventually we got out of that situation and we moved out and it was just my mum my brother and I living at home and I was still going through therapy but I ended up being put on medication so medication seems scary it's not that scary it's just one of those things that I really think people need to have an open mind about I think especially these days and you know past times it was really easy for people to kind of make a negative assumption about medication like oh my god if you're going on medication you're just so fucked up like it's not like that medication is a savior for some people and sometimes medication is the only alternative to some really mentally unwell people so I started on a medication called Zoloft um not not good for me basically it was the first time I'd ever tried medication and when you start medication you can actually have you can have side effects. Not everybody will get side effects. Some people are lucky and don't get any. I think it's just the type of medication you go on too, because that one was an SSRI, which is like sertraline. And then there's an SNRI, which actually is um, like your neurotransmitters and and norepinephrine. So it's like a stress receptor and all that kind of stuff. I know a little bit of science. Um, so yeah, started on that. The first week was absolute hell. I was so sick. I was vomiting and I think I developed some really bad eating habits on that because, you know, people tell you, oh, you go on medication, you will gain weight. No, that's not a hundred percent correct. You know, if you're fit and you eat well and you're healthy and you have an active lifestyle and all that kind of stuff, you can be okay. But yes, there are some medications that can cause weight gain. And, you know, and I believe there are actually ones that can be specific to helping you not gain weight. But, you know, I'm not 100%. Please don't take my advice. But I did read it somewhere. I don't know how true it is. Anyway so yeah it caused a complete adverse effect on me so it didn't actually do what it was what it should have done for me so I guess basically when you go on medication it just kind of helps control and maintain symptoms it helps keep you at a stable continuum and makes you not have really severe symptoms and you know some people can come off it and be completely fine and not have those troubles anymore but some people do really rely on it in life and that's okay too so you know so I was having an adverse effect and I thought I'd pull the pin which kind of took a little bit to kind of build the courage up and do but at the time it was definitely the best decision and 
you know, I found it really hard to kind of confide in people about that because I didn't actually know how people would react to kind of me saying, oh, I'm stopping medication. Like, you know, but I had an old friend at the time actually call you me a see you next Tuesday because I was crying all the time on medication. So that was that was really great. Uh, Yeah. Ten out of ten recommend that kind of response from someone who is severely depressed. Yes. Um, but I also kind of came off of that because I was suffering from tremors extremely badly. So there was an instance I was trying to put a candle in a cake and I physically could not do it. I could not put this fucking candle on the cake to save my life. And it was very concerning. So yeah, and ended up with some head tremors too. So I'd have a bit of a shake in my head sometimes if I went a certain way or turn my head a certain way, I should say. So that is also fun, but I think this part in particular, another trigger warning, it did also cause a lot of um, suicide ideations. So I didn't want to do it. I just had thoughts about it. So I'm just going to kind of, yeah, that, that was kind of a difficult part in that frame of life and I definitely were like you know I let a lot of people really walk all over me in that period as you could tell by my reference I said before from someone so I did I just I copped a lot of shit because I thought it was normal and it wasn't normal so yeah And then I guess as of last year, I finally decided to, actually it might not have been last year, it might have been the end of 2021, I, there was just something in me and I was like, I can't take this anymore. I hadn't been completely honest with my psychologist about everything. I withheld a lot of information because I was scared. Um, And I was embarrassed. So some information I might share next, a lot of people might actually be like, what the fuck? Like, uh, you know, I look back to and I do still think that, but this was really hard for me, especially at the age of um, 2022 at the time, trying to kind of accept this and know that all of this happening prior to being 22 isn't really a normal thing that should go on inside someone's head um so I ended up being referred to a psychiatrist on the premise that I was suffering from potential bipolar or ADHD and the potential of psychosis which sounds really scary and at the time, yes, it was really scary. I called my mum up crying, especially about the psychosis, because oh, this is a lot to kind of say. Um, but for those of you who don't know, my mum is a mortician. So where they live, they live basically the office is downstairs and the house is upstairs. You know, it's you walk in and it's beautifully done. There's nothing wrong with the place. It's it's homely. It's everything. But basically, I had quite bad intrusive thoughts, which led to the fact that I would be possessed. Um, 
So I I really struggled to kind of get myself to go to my mum sometimes in that point in time. And yes, you know what? I don't care. Judge me all you like for it. But this shit is real uh, mental health, that is. Um, so yeah, go for your life. I don't even give a shit. You know, it was who I was at the time. Uh, by all means, I'd, you know, I don't know. Do what you please with that information. You know, that's not who I am now. I'm definitely past that phase. And psychosis did get ruled out, which is great. But I did end up getting uh, diagnosed with bipolar. So my bipolar, my bipolar, my, <laughs> my bipolar actually is in the form of a depressive kind of state. So mine comes with like pretty sudden and rapid mood changes and, you know, being really depressed for, you know, one to two week period and then all of a sudden becoming elated and having what my partner Josh would describe as my crackhead hour, but more so a crackhead kind of day. So that kind of meant that I was going absolutely skits in a day you know, trying to get all the housework done, getting everything done, having to finish university. I had to catch up on three weeks worth of content for two classes and I was going to do that and I was going to clean the whole house and I was going to go exercise and I was going to do this and I was going to do that. And I did do it. Um, I did crash and burn a lot after, but that's also fine. Um, so yeah, and then I crash and burn and I go into a really depressive state for like two weeks and, you know, I'd do things where I'd, I would have trouble, I'd spend a lot of money and things like that. And this, <laughs> I would end up with the worst anger and mood swings ever. So it wasn't very fun. I've had a lot of family kind of cop the rough end of that you know dealing with me being absolutely feral and angry um basically moral of the story i can't deal with stupidity and people like if you like common sense i'm sorry i cannot be around you but basically any kind of person can trigger me to kind of be like that and i just can't stand being around people um and that doesn't say anything about these people as a person it just says a lot about myself and obviously me suffering so yeah it's just it's one of those things and unfortunately I'm doing the best that I well fortunately I should say I'm doing the best that I can to kind of be better at that situation and I have improved a lot so and from there I was put on a different medication I was put on Lexapro which I'm still on um Lexapro gang so been on that for two years this year and it's it's been a hell of a ride but we've we've made it somewhere and I've all I was also put on an antipsychotic which sounds absolutely scary but it's just another type of medication to kind of help with I guess um it was to help with the other kind of side effects, well, not side effects, the other kind of symptoms of bipolar to help me kind of keep calm and on like a calm continuum the whole time, just the same kind of stable mood, not going up above the line, not going down below the line, you know. And I did stop that a while ago 
probably wasn't the best thing for me to do at the time because I did it without doctor's advice and please don't ever do this if you're on medication make sure you talk to your doctor first but uh it just made me like way too drowsy so I came off that and I've been fine like you know I I don't have any problems so yeah and then that kind of led to last year and I went back and saw my psychiatrist again I think it'd been six months since I'd seen her and we basically spoke a bit and she actually said to me she's like oh you know Ashley like I think you are at the best that you could possibly be right now and I think I was kind of shocked to hear that initially because when you suffer from mental health and you know, especially if it's been with you for such a long time, you're just, you're so used to being down all the time that hearing something like that is a bit bizarre. So for me, I was honestly just like, oh, okay. And then she's like, you know, stick to the medication for another year and, you know, talk to your doctor and all that. And when you're ready, you know, come off it, all that kind of thing, obviously later down the track and, yeah so and I kind of walked out the office and Josh was like oh how'd you go and I was like um I don't okay I called and I told him in the car and he's like you know that's awesome like you know that's so good and it kind of took me a while to understand like yes this was in fact a good thing and that kind of leads me to where I am today um you know, and I can actually happily look back now and go like, yeah, like my psychiatrist was right. Um, I am actually the best that I can be right now, you know, looking back over the years, especially my early twenties. Um, they were probably one of the biggest hitting parts of my development for mental health. Um, and yeah, I did, I did suffer quite a lot, but you know, I pushed through and, I am a lot better. I'm a lot stronger now. I don't take a lot of shit now, which is also really good. And, you know, I, there was a period in my early twenties where I actually used to sit there and think like, if I died today, I wouldn't die a happy person. And that was really hard for me to understand and kind of take in and, you know, kind of actually just wrap my head around because it was true But in that period of time, I also didn't really do anything to kind of help myself. Um, Well, I did actually, that's a lie. I, I took myself to therapy. I confided in people who I thought were supportive, but in the end weren't really. And that's okay. That happens in life. Um, You know, I did the best that I could, but I guess with little to no knowledge about mental health, I didn't actually realize like how much more I could actually do. And once I started studying psychology, I kind of actually started learning about myself a bit more through the content. I started to understand myself and why I might've behaved a certain way and why I did behave a certain way and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it really kind of I'm still in my second year. I still have a long way to go. So it definitely has really taught me some things and it's really taught me to understand myself. And yeah, so it's definitely that. And then coming into my role as a mental health support worker, I had to learn to detach myself and my feelings. And I guess what I thought I knew to, 
all that kind of stuff you know there's a thing called like transference and I think like counter-transference and all that kind of stuff you know just because I suffered this you know I you know you think you know best but you don't um so coming into this kind of job actually really opens my eyes a lot so I deal with people who suffer from schizophrenia you know and anxiety depression bipolar all these kinds of things you know all these terrible mental illnesses and honestly it did open my eyes a lot you know no one's problems are more or less than anybody else's everybody deals with them in certain ways and you know it wasn't I'm never going to be one to undermine someone else's things that they're going through and especially for myself but it was definitely one of those things that I looked at and I said holy crap these people suffer so severely and I thought I suffered so severely myself and honestly I was so mild in mental health compared to my clients that I see now and honestly these people are the most beautiful people I've ever met you know they suffer so detrimentally in life and they're still some of the greatest people you know so yeah I just learned to detach myself in my job I I heard some really kind of horrible stories from clients and it has been hard to hear and you do go through a lot of stuff in support work it can be very draining but it's also extremely rewarding so yeah I guess that's kind of my little brief summary on mental health um so yeah suffered from the age of 11 to still suffering now probably always gonna be suffering and that's okay and you know I think it's so important to understand that mental health isn't a taboo anymore um and people just really shouldn't be embarrassed to kind of talk about it I know it is it might seem embarrassing and it might seem scary but it's just such a common thing in today's world that people just need to understand you know and people just who decide to be ignorant and not educate themselves well I don't know fuck them I say but it just yeah it's just such a common thing to occur and I think more still needs to be done about mental health because I still do believe things aren't talked about enough and you know I think I'm actually going to later on down the track do a segment on men's mental health so I think that that's also a very important topic to kind of talk about but I guess kind of to somewhat get close to finishing this off I just kind of wanted to talk about my experience with starting the process of therapy and how I kind of got there because I know that it can be extremely triggering and obviously being young I had no idea what to do So, you know, for anybody coming into their 20s or younger or, you know, older who needs some advice on where to start, I'm going to share with you kind of what I did. So for me, I think I found the first step to the whole mental health process was to kind of acknowledge that you've got something going on and you're not going okay. And I think that that's the first and foremost kind of step. And Although a lot of people can do that, 
progressing to step two can be really hard. And I find step two of actually going to the doctor and speaking to the doctor for a mental health care plan can be very daunting. It can be very scary. It was for me, I I really didn't want to go and do it, but I, I pushed myself to do it. So yeah, so you know, if you have a good relationship with your general doctor or you, you know any doctor, whoever you may see, even a friend, take a friend with you, take some family, you know, yeah, just go. I went by myself and that was okay too. I decided to go by myself and yeah, you just talk to the doctor and basically you just state like you haven't been doing too well and you want to get a mental health care plan to see a psychologist or a counselor. And yeah, so basically the doctor will kind of ask you some personal questions be prepared to kind of feel a bit vulnerable it does happen and it's not very nice but it it needs to be done and you will probably be provided with well you should be provided with a DAS scale DAS 21 which measures your depression anxiety and stress and it just basically helps you work out on a scale of like mild to severe how where you fall on each of those kind of components so you kind of go through that and then yeah so but I guess as well kind of in step two do some research before you kind of go to the doctor uh, on some psychologist you want to see or some counselors look up who you think you might want to see read about what they do read about what kind of uh, things they implement so some might do like CBT so cognitive behavioral therapy all that kind of stuff so just read up what you might like you know male female who they've worked with who they specialize in the most and just have that prepared you know take that with you to your doctor's appointment and just say like I've got all this information so the more prepared you are the better and just say I've got this information on this psychologist and yeah the doctor will do up a referral for you and you kind of get the referral you got to call the and make an appointment and all that kind of stuff and just beware the mental health system is very backlogged there can be some massive wait times to see some psychologists and you know if you can get in earlier to a psych compared to waiting maybe like two to three months that's amazing um jeff definitely jump at the opportunity so and yeah you just kind of go in um don't be afraid for the psychologist appointment or your counseling appointment I know it does seem scary but trust me you'll probably walk out of there with like the biggest sigh of relief and be like oh my god um thank god for that And, you know, you're not always going to find a perfect psychologist straight off the bat. It might take you a few goes. You know, you really want to kind of build a rapport and relationship with somebody who you can trust and who you think you feel comfortable with the most. And, yeah, and I think that's very important. And basically for me, after so many kind of visits, I had to get another referral and do another DAS scale and another mental health care plan. And basically each time you go back, it gets easier. And yeah. And I do think that that was very beneficial. And for me, I'm not actually seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist at the moment. 
Um, but I definitely think I will go back to seeing one soon. I probably will see someone new. I think just kind of that new chapter of life and that. So yeah, I think, I think that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. Um, I don't really know how this has turned out, but I guess good luck listening to my absolute rambling. Um, this was kind of a bit of a serious pod. I think in future I'll try and have a little bit more of a laugh. Maybe not. Depends how bothered I can be. Um, might get Josh on the pod a few times. And, you know, there are some topics that I really want to kind of talk about that are important and just things that people don't know about and probably should know about at the young age of 20, less, whatever. Um, But I guess I'm going to leave it kind of on a note to say if you are ever struggling or want someone to talk to about mental health or anything, please feel free to talk to me. Um, But also know that there are also helplines or crisis lines you can call like lifeline beyond blue there's kids helpline there's a men's helpline and there's one called open arms which is for like veterans and stuff so yeah um mental health is basically it's fucked it's it's ugly it's not nice but mental health doesn't define who you are and it took me a hell of a lot of time to understand that um Mental health has definitely shaped me into the person I am. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. You just, yeah, surround yourself with great people, get the support you need. And, yeah, I guess that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. Um, But, you know, thank you to everyone. I don't know who's going to listen to this. I might get two listens. Shout out to those two friends. I also don't really mind because this is kind of my way of dealing with how I talk through my trauma. Some people write things down, but this is for me. So thank you. And I guess welcome to the, what's my pod? 20 and clueless. (laughs) Lol. Um, Anyway, farewell, friends, family, people. I don't know. Bye.